Chapter Six of Northwest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Northwest by Harold Bindloss. Chapter Six. Deering owns a debt. Jimmy saw a pale star and veins of snow streaking high, shadowy rocks. He thought, when he looked up not long before, the sun was on the mountain but perhaps it was not. His brain was dull, and he was numbed by cold. He shivered and shut his eyes, but after a few minutes he smelt cigar smoke and looked about again. Although it was getting dark, he saw somebody sitting in the gloom at the bottom of the rocks. "'Where's Deering?' he asked. "'Did I let him go?' "'You did not. Take a drink.' the other replied and pushed a flask into jimmy's hand jimmy drank gasped and tried to get up but found he could not move where is deering he insisted i expect he's crossing the glacier with the guides from the hotel said the man who took the flask from him and jimmy knew stannard's voice then where am i you are in the gully you held on to Deering until he got support for his foot. Then you slipped off the big stone. Something like that, anyhow. Do you feel pain at any particular spot? I don't know if one spot hurts worse than another. All hurt. I doubt if I can get up. You mustn't try, said Stannard, firmly. When Deering arrives, we'll help you up. Jimmy pondered. Since the evening was very cold, he thought it strange Stannard had pulled off his coat. Then he saw somebody had put over him a coat that was not his. "'Why have you given me your clothes?' he asked. "'For one thing, I didn't fall about forty feet. If I had fallen forty feet, I'd have got smashed. It's obvious.' Perhaps you hit the side of the gully and rolled down, but it's not important. When one gets a jolt like yours, the shock's as bad as the local injury. Are you cold? I'm horribly cold, but although I heard stones not long since, I don't think I got hit. The stones run down the middle, and I pulled you against the rock. You're a good sort, Jimmy remarked. Deering's a good sort. To know he's not hurt is some relief. Stannard said nothing, and Jimmy asked for a cigarette. Stannard gave him a cigarette and a light, but after a few moments he let it drop. "'The tobacco's not good,' he said dully and began to muse. He was strangely slack, and his body was numb. Perhaps to feel no local pain was ominous. He knew a man who fell on the rocks and had not afterwards used his legs. To be wheeled about for all one's life was horrible. When a doctor arrived, he would know his luck, and in the meantime he dared not dwell on things like that. He studied the rocks. Stannard had obviously come down by the slanting crack. Jimmy thought he himself could not have done so. Then Stannard, risking his getting hit by rebounding stones, 
had remained with him for some hours. When Jimmy helped Deering, the sun shone, and now the stars were out. The gully was high on the mountain, and after the sun went the cold was keen, but Stannard had given him his coat. Stannard was like that. "'I expect you sent Deering to the hotel?' Jimmy resumed after a time. "'Yes, I was firm. Deering wanted to go down to you, but I doubted if he could get down, and the important thing was to fetch help. You must be moved as soon as possible.' Jimmy nodded. Deering was the man he had thought. All the same, Stannard's was the finer type. Jimmy had long known his pluck, but he had other qualities. When one must front a crisis, he was cool. He saw and carried out the proper plan. But Jimmy's brain was very dull, and Stannard's figure melted, and the rocks got indistinct. After a time he heard a noise. A shout echoed in the gully, nailed boots rattled on stones, and it looked as if men were coming up. Deering, breathless and gasping, arrived before the others and motioned to Stannard. "'Not much grounds to be disturbed, I think,' said Stannard in a quiet voice. "'He was talking sensibly not long since.' Deering came to Jimmy and touched his arm. "'You're not broke up, partner? You haven't got it against me that I pulled you off the rocks?' "'Certainly not. I slipped off,' Jimmy declared. "'Anyhow, you're my friend.' "'Sure thing,' said Deering, quietly. "'Take a drink of hot soup. We'll soon pack you out.' He put a vacuum flask in Jimmy's hand and turned to the others. "'Let's get busy, boys.' Jimmy did not know much about their journey down the gully and across the glacier, but at length he was vaguely conscious of bright lights and the tramp of feet along an echoing passage. People gently moved him about. He felt he was in a soft, warm bed, and with languid satisfaction he went to sleep. When the others saw Jimmy was asleep, they went off quietly, but at the end of the passage Deering stopped Stannard. "'Let's get a drink,' he said. "'For four or five hours I've hustled some, and I need a pick-me-up.' Stannard gave him a keen glance. Deering had hustled. To carry Jimmy down the rocks and across the glacier in the dark was a strenuous undertaking, and where strength was needed the big man had nobly used his. Yet Stannard imagined the strain that had bothered him was not physical. "'Oh, well,' he said, "'I'll go to the bar with you. Waiting for you in the gully was not a soothing job.' "'You knew I'd get back,' Deering rejoined. "'If I'd had to haul out the cook and bellboys, I'd have brought help.' "'I didn't know how long you'd be, and speed was important.' "'You're a blamed cool fellow,' Deering remarked. "'If you had not taken control, I expect we'd have jolted Jimmy off the stretcher, and maybe have gone through the snow bridge the guide didn't spot.' Then you stayed with him, pulled him out of the way of the snow slides, and kept him warm. 
I expect you saved his life. To some extent, perhaps that is so, Stannard agreed. That somebody must pull Jimmy against the rock was obvious. All the same, I knew the stones wouldn't bother us after it got cold. Deering was puzzled. Stannard's habit was not to boast, but it looked as if he were willing to admit he had saved Jimmy's life. Deering speculated about his object. "'Well,' he said, "'I own I was badly rattled. You see, if the kid had not held fast, I'd have gone right down the rock face and don't know where I'd have stopped. Perhaps it's strange, but I remembered I've got five hundred dollars of his, and the thing bothered me. To know I'd played a straight game didn't comfort me much.' "'You're a sentimentalist,' Stannard rejoined with a smile. "'I don't know that a crooked game was indicated. But let's get our drinks.' They went to the bar, and when Deering picked up his glass, he said, "'Good luck to the kid and a quick recovery.' He drained the glass and looked at Stannard hard. "'When Jimmy needs a help out, I'm his man.' Stannard said nothing, but lighted a cigarette. In the morning a young doctor arrived from Calgary and was some time in Jimmy's room. "'I reckon your luck was pretty good,' he remarked. "'After three or four days you can get up and go about.' He paused and added meaningly, "'But you want to go slow.' Jimmy's face was white, but the blood came to his skin. "'I'd begun to think something like that,' he said in a languid voice. The doctor nodded. "'Since you could stand for the knock you got, your body's pretty sound. But I get a hint of strain, and the cure's moral. You want to cut out hard drinks, strong cigars, and playing cards all night.' "'Do the symptoms indicate that I do play cards all night?' "'I own I was helped by inquiries about your habits,' said the doctor, smiling. "'If you like a game, try pool, with boys like yourself, and bet fifty cents. I don't know about your bankroll, but your heart and nerve won't stand for hundred-dollar pots when your antagonists are men.' "'One antagonist risked his life to save mine,' Jimmy declared, with an angry flush for he thought he saw where the other's remarks led. "'I understand that is so,' the doctor agreed. "'My job's not to talk about your friends, but to give you good advice. Cut out unhealthy excitement and go steady. If you like it, go up on the rocks. Mountaineering's dangerous, but sometimes one runs worse risks. He went off, and by and by Deering came in. "'The doctor allows you are making pretty good progress. The man who means to put you out must use a gun,' he said with a jolly laugh. "'Anyhow, we were bothered, and when we got the bulletin we rushed the bar for drinks.' "'My friends are staunch.' "'Oh, shucks,' said Deering. "'You're the sort whose friends are staunch.' "'Say, your holding on until I pulled you over was great.' "'You didn't pull me over. 
The stone rocked and I came off. One mustn't dispute with a sick man, Deering remarked. All the same, I want to state I owe you much, and I pay my debts. I'd like you to get that. Jimmy smiled. If it's some comfort, I'm willing to be your creditor. I know you'd meet my bill. Sure thing, said Deering, who did not smile. When you send your bill along, I'll try to make good. That's all. I guess we'll let it go. Very well. I don't see how you were able to stick to the slab. My foot slipped from the knob, but for a few moments you held me up, and bracing my knee against the stone, I swung across for the crack. Then I was on the shelf, and you went over my head. That's all I knew until Stannard joined me and took control. He sent you off? Deering nodded. I wasn't keen to go, but he saw help was wanted, and he thought about wiring for a doctor. When I got back with the boys, our plan was to rush you down to the hotel, but it wasn't Stannard's. I allow we were rattled. He was cool. We must go slow and not jolt you. At awkward spots, somebody must look for the smoothest line. Crossing the glacier, he went ahead with a lantern and located a soft snow bridge the guide was going to cross. Stannard is like that, said Jimmy. His coolness is very fine. Deering agreed, but Jimmy thought he hesitated before he resumed. In some ways, the fellow's the standard type of highbrow Englishman. He's urbane and won't dispute. He smiles and lets you down. He wears the proper clothes and uses the proper talk. If you're his friend, he's charming. But that's not all the man. Stanner doesn't plunge. He calculates. He knows just where he wants to go and gets there. I guess if I was an obstacle, I'd pull out of his way. The man's fine, like tempered steel, and about as hard. Well, the doctor stated you wanted quiet, and I'll quit talking. He went away, and Jimmy mused. Deering talked much, but Jimmy imagined he sometimes had an object. Although he frankly approved Stannard, Jimmy felt he struck a warning note. Since Jimmy owed much to Stannard's coolness, he was rather annoyed, but the talk had tired him, and he went to sleep. End of chapter 6 Recording by Roger Moline